Hi guys. So this week I am joined by the beautiful soul that is Persia Lawson. Persia is an author, speaker and love coach who is passionate about helping women get and sustain healthy, soulful, lasting relationships. I absolutely loved my talk with Persia and if anything, I wish that it could have gone on for longer. Don't forget to subscribe to Tribe Talk. You can find us on Instagram as well at Tribe Talk Podcast and me at Healthy Balance with Emily. Give us a rate and a review, but without further ado, here is Persia. Hello. <laughs> so first off, I wondered if you could just introduce yourself, really. Who are you? What's the uh, thing Silla Black used to say? Who are you? Where do you come, come from? from? <laughs> <laughs> who, who are you? Where do you come from? There was another question, but I can remember what it was. Um, so I'm Persia Lawson. I am an author, speaker, and a love coach, and I help women heal their love lives so that they can attract a healthy, soulful, lasting relationship. That's kind of my little blurb. <laughs> so I work mainly with millennial women who are, yeah, for whatever reason, kind of just not feeling satisfied or happy in their love lives. And how did you get into that? I mean, whenever I hear the word love coach, I always imagine, you know, that little penguin off happy feet. Love lace. I haven't actually seen Happy Feet, but my oh, friends tell me I've got to. I know everyone says it's amazing, so maybe that can be my homework this week. Yeah. Um, I so a love coach. So basically, I was I was the like most ridiculously worst person ever to be a love coach. Like it, as in, it's the weirdest career choice for me because I was such a disaster in relationships for most of my life. And um, I used to be an actress and that was kind of my profession. Um, but ever since I can remember, I was obsessed with relationships and love, just obsessed with it. I, my parents um, struggled with, a dr- with drug addiction as I was growing up. So I think for me, um, kind of boys and love and relationships was almost my sort of fantasy escapism from, from what was going on at home. Um, and it was also, it became a lot of validation as well because I wasn't getting that attention at home. And so getting attention from boys kind of fed me, I guess, to quite a superficial level, but it, it gave me that sort of um, superficial sense of worthiness and, and validation. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I was, I was acting out with boys kind of physically for, from a young age. And ironically, it's when my parents became sober when I was 16 that I actually got really, really more self-destructive with men. Um, and I kind of through therapy, I discovered that that's quite a normal thing. If you're used to having a very dramatic, chaotic sort of environment around you, and then suddenly that disappears and you get, you know, stability, calmness, you know, like, like a normal family. Um, it wasn't normal to me. And, you know, as human, human beings will always gravitate towards what, what's familiar over what's unfamiliar. So he, he said something to me, he changed everything insides the outsides will take care of themselves and that kind of became my mantra it got me onto the path of self-help sort of spirituality all of those things I'd I'd always dipped in and out of spirituality but I just didn't have you know any sense of consistency or hadn't really found what would work for me I suppose Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, long story short, uh, I soon after that, I, I fell into a relationship with an addict fresh out of rehab who was, all my boyfriends have been drug dealers and drug addicts. That was kind of my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you kind of, you know, you date what you know, and that's the environment I'd kind of grown up in. Mm. Um, and that break and we, you know, he cheated on me, which was so painful, but it was exactly what I needed. And you you can never 
in the moment you you never realize that's you know you're just like this is the worst thing ever but with hindsight you realize god i needed that much pain i needed to have done to me what i'd done to so many men before mm. um, so that i wouldn't do it again so that i'd actually like wake up and and i think that's why pain is such an important important thing in 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 all areas of our life but particularly in relationships and then you know that kind of got me having to you know eventually we broke up after a year and i i got into um into the self-help stuff even more. I had to step up even more for myself, got into sort of blogging and writing about the experience with a friend, which then led to a book deal. And then, um, and then, yeah, our book came out in 2016 and we actually decided to kind of pursue our own separate ventures. And for me, I immediately knew that that was going to be love coaching and relationships just specifically because in the year sort of before uh, our book come out, I had met my, um, well, my now fiance Joe, but yeah, I met my now fiance Joe and and kind of had been in a relationship with him for a year and was so uh, yeah, it, it, I'd learned so much and I was like, God, this is this is you know, I, I this is the man I want to marry, which I never thought I'd say. Mm. Um, so now we are engaged. I am working on a new book specifically about relationships. I work one on one with clients. I have um, a digital love coaching program and just basically write and speak about rela- relationships and dating in the modern world and the chaos of the modern dating world, I, I call it, because it is pretty chaotic out there. And, and it feels like I feel very honored and, and bloody lucky. I, I suppose it's not luck, but just that. I mean, 100%, never wanted to get married. I wanted to be an actress. I thought my life was going to be, you know, in London, on my own, just doing acting. That was it. And when... I after all bits and bobs happened but when I eventually met my now husband I suddenly thought oh this is a bit weird and ha- like it at sometimes it kind of fit, felt a bit uncomfortable because I was like I never thought that this would happen did you I guess you've had quite a while because you've been together quite a mm-hmm. while now to get used to that feeling mm-hmm. and work through it mm-hmm yeah yeah what I really like that you've touched on I actually just before we got on our call I did some stalking of you on Instagram like and you know when you're like oh I'm really deep back because I was in your wedding pictures (laughs) (laughs) and I and I saw that you'd written about that that you hadn't imagined yourself to kind of be that you know in a way it's weird I I, I'd always thought oh yeah I could see myself in a wedding dress kind of but I was like I just like a party and any excuse to have a party and be the center of it I'm up Mm. for but uh, the idea of a marriage I couldn't ever see that bit. And obviously that's the important bit as we, as we all, well, hopefully should know, but I love that you've brought up this idea of resistance. It's something that I've been working with a lot of my clients at the moment who they've worked with me, they've attracted that relationship that they wanted. And then they're freaking out because, Mm. because it's kind of like, Oh, it's real and it's happening. And and I don't really know how to fit in with it because I'm just used to things going wrong. And here is a guy who I trust, who is loyal, who adores me. It's not perfect. There will all, as I'm sure, you know, there's always going to be something. And, and often in that place where we're feeling afraid because it's, we kind of know in our gut that this is going to work, or at least it could work depending on how we show up. That's when we often, often will start to sabotage because Mm -hmm. it scares us. And I don't know if that was your experience when you met him or when you kind of 
had been together for a little bit of time, sort of freaking out and then trying to pick holes in it, trying to find reasons to leave. That was certainly my experience and definitely a lot of the women I've coached. And it's, it's about learning to sit with it and stay and, and realize that, yes, if you're having uncomfortable feelings about the commitment and about what's going on, actually, that's often a sign that you're in the right place. Mm, yeah, 100%. I think even if, whether you're somebody that is generally quite a committed person or is a commitment phobe, I don't think I was ever really a commitment phobe in the sense of I kind of was in, well I, I was in short-term relationships but it wasn't necessarily because I got bored or because mm. I met somebody else it was just always the way that it had been and I think quite quite honestly the reason why my relationships never worked was because I was very uncomfortable in myself mm-hmm. um, and I was not happy with myself at all but I think also when you when you meet somebody and you you find that this person is going to be your, you know, significant other, your husband, you almost get that thought of, oh my gosh, this is it. And yes. suddenly there's that feeling of, is this going to be my life for the, for the rest of my life? Are we literally going to come home and just watch TV together and mm. do normal things? And is this enough? And you get bombarded with so many different questions because mm-hmm. like you said, in the modern world, there are so many that well, there's so many opportunities now to compare your relationship to somebody else's, mm-hmm. um, and I think that that's quite a difficult, a difficult thing to manage. When I, because obviously I've, I've I saw you speak at the Mel Wells' Self Love Summit, and um, I've kind of followed you on Instagram for a while. And when you met your now fiance, you getting used to that yet? <sighs> I don't, I don't know. It's all, you know, honestly, I feel like I have been in a haze for two and a half weeks since it happened. I just feel like I'm walking around a bit like a zombie and I can't, I'm not, I know I am functioning, but every, I'm just, yeah, it's all very weird. It's very, (laughs) I clearly am not quite used to it. (laughs) Um, But you guys met in quite a old school kind of fashion. There wasn't really much technology involved, was there? No, in fact, technology just like, when we tried to get it involved it didn't work because we met in um like a rave in a sort of hidden valley wooded valley in a festival called wilderness Mm. um which we'd both interestingly we'd both been at the same festival the year before um and we hadn't met and we weren't in the headspace i think so it it was you know we could well have been standing next to each other at times who knows Mm. Uh, um yeah we met uh, sort of at like maybe 1am on the, well, the dance floor just being in the woods and the most amazing music and lights and everything like that. And my friend, Louisa, she actually, um, she, she, I was dancing and she kind of was talking to different guys and she just went, who are you? And something in my gut said, turn around. And I turned around and she, and she was kind of there and then he was behind her. And I don't even know, it was like, it was just like, she kind of stepped out the way and I kind of pushed out the way and then me and him just sort of, met not a word was said and we kissed and it was absolutely amazing but then the next he, he you know we stayed together for the night not not together in the tent but he walked me and Louise back and we had a chat and that was all good and I was like you know you're not going to be coming in the tent see ya and he yeah. got my number and he said I'd love to see you tomorrow but when I I got his message in the morning saying meet me by the lake and I said okay what time but he didn't get my message because it's shit signal at a festival. It's basically, we didn't get each other's messages. And then the, the Saturday, and I really had to just let it go and stop looking for him and doing that thing that I'd always done and like trying to control it. Where is he? And just like, just 
be where you are. If you're, if you see him again, you do. And if you don't, you don't like, you can't spend the whole festival trying to meet up with this guy because it's, it's so difficult to meet up with people at festivals at the best of times. And then that night I kind of um, lost my friends, bumped into some other friends. And then at like 11 PM or so, um, I felt that feeling in my stomach again. So I turned around and there he was like walking out of this tent and I ran over and then, and the rest is kind of history. We were, we had the most unbelievable experience just kind of frolic around, fro- frolicking around this festival. And yeah, so it was, it was all like, it was absolutely like technology was not involved and mm-hmm. technology. Um, yeah. It, it, it just felt very, um, it felt very like, old school is the only way kind of do you know what I mean yeah I get so many women who come to me and they say oh it's impossible to meet people without you know online dating now and I'm like that's not true at all that's just your belief human beings have been doing it loads of times like people still go out people you know we don't you don't have to be beholden to your phone and beholden to a dating app if you don't want to be Mm, yeah absolutely my personal experience is when you stop looking and you start to just focus on yourself, that's when you find somebody. And Always. admittedly, I was on Tinder, mm-hmm. uh, but I was just about to delete this app and mm-hmm. my husband happened to, we'd, we'd kind of half spoken and I thought, oh, I quite like this guy, he's way out of my league, but you know, I'll give him my number if he ever wants to get in touch with me. And I deleted the app and that was that, but, and our relationship then went from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I never went on Tinder to find a partner. I, it was just a game to me. Yeah. It was just a, uh, yep, yeah, no, oh, what is he doing? Oh, no, oh, yes, like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't really expecting to meet somebody in that way. Mm-hmm. But I think it is possible. Um, mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of people out there who are maybe not serial daters, but are kind of dipping their toes in the pool and might, might meet somebody. But meeting somebody in the very old school fashion sense of, you know, you bump into them at a pub or I think that, I don't know if it's just me that think that or if, if, if you agree, but I feel like that is slightly declining because we are so in, on our phones and, you know, in this digital world. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the reason it's declining is not because it needs to, it's because you know, I, I always say, well, I say, wait, stolen from Dr. Wayne Dyer, he says, we don't attract who we want, we attract who we are. So let's take that in terms of technology. If you're sat in a pub on your phone constantly, then you're not kind of giving that intention out that you're, you know what I mean? You're, mm. you're, you're making your life and your relationships and everything about your phone. So that's what you're going to experience. That I, I still go out with my girlfriends all the time and we're, we have so much fun together. We're not on our phones without a shadow of a doubt every time we meet guys, without a shadow mm. of a doubt because we're not beholden to our phone and we're just open and we look at people in the eye and we smile and, you know, we've always kind of been like that. Um, so it just means that some people, I think, have to possibly be more conscientious or aware. Mm. But if you tell, as I've said before, if you tell yourself that story, that's the only way you can meet people. That is what you will experience. Yeah. I would say you're right. Generally speaking, the way that the cult, our culture is going is we, our phones have become God. Yeah. Our phones have become God to us. They rule our lives. And, and I really, you know, uh, this little thing is so frustrating. Like I can find myself um, watching a TV show with Joe at night and both of us will be on our phone because it's just habit and it's just sat there. So mm. now I'm like, okay, make, you'll make it easy for yourself. Remove the source of temptation. Just put it in another room. And when it's not there, you won't be asked to get up from the sofa. So then you're actually more present. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think we just have to have better boundaries. And I'm, look, I, I am definitely not great at sticking to them, but I am aware of it. Yeah. So I think it's, I, otherwise we are, I mean, we are on our way to becoming robots, really. Yeah. No, I, I totally get it. And I, like, I remember when, back when you either had to choose between being on the phone or on the internet, yeah um, those were the days those were the days <laughs> and you'd have to ring your friends off the home phone um but only after six o'clock because that's when the free like there were like three minutes or whatever and yeah and there so it I it's quite strange because I kind of feel like I've been through the olden times of communication and the, and and grown as it's grown if that makes sense because mm-hmm. I'm I'm 27 now mm-hmm. how old are you I'm 33 33 so you were kind of you're you're kind of in that that same age bracket where you've still got that that memory of of, oh yeah you know non-communication I didn't actually get social media until uh Facebook until my third year of university oh right um so yes we had mobile phones from like 14 probably which now Mm -hmm. is like really old to have a mobile phone but it didn't have internet or anything on it so yeah I really my like I remember when when you wanted to speak to a boy they rang up your house phone and Mm. your parents shouted down for you and then you spend like eight hours on the phone yeah like hidden in a corner yeah you take your phone as far away as possible yeah from it yeah no totally get it I think it's quite easy for us to kind of be nostalgic about those times and and obviously, there are there are benefits to um, the accessibility of the internet, as well as um, kind of benefits of how it used to be. Um, but I just think it's about finding that that kind of medium. Yes. Um, what What would you say the issues, like the main issues you come across, are with like modern dating with your clients? I'd say, without a shadow of a doubt, it's 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 linked around ghosting. That is the one that comes up so much. So, and, and again, that kind of links to technology because mm. generally speaking, it's that they stop messaging you on either the app or WhatsApp or whatever like that. And and it's that, you know, they women will say to me, God, I thought it was going so well. It all seemed like it was going great. And then he just disappeared. Um, that's a really big one. Mm-hmm. Um, the, definitely being drawn to emotionally unavailable um, guys, which mm-hmm. links a bit to the ghosting. Um, but you know, we say we want this amazing committed relationship and then we go for the bad boy who like has a terrible history of, you know, cheating or ghosting or whatever it is. And we want to be the one to fix him and change him. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, that's got disaster written all over it. Um, whoever's listening, just, just note to self, you cannot, um, change a bad boy. Sometimes bad boys will change, but not Mm. because you make them change. No, you can't ever force it. Oh God. And, and, and also, um, Mel Wells actually, um, obviously you came to the self-love summit. She's a dear friend of mine. And she said something when we were working together that was so spot on. She said, um, guys who calls you anxiety and not your future husband. Mm. And I think that that is a useful thing to remember that if you are constantly stressing, are they going to text me back? I've, I've very, very, very rarely seen though that work well as in end up in, I mean, it's possible, but it's, it's the exception. It's not the rule. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, the relationships that work well are where you are, you have a friendship and it, you, it's just easy it's to the point where it's so easy and it flows that you almost go, I don't know, maybe I don't fancy them because you're just not used to it being easy. I mean, what was your experience with your husband? Dating? Um, well, we, I mean, we actually moved quite quickly, um, him and I, mm-hmm. and which was quite unlike anything that I'd been in before because I mean the the relationship I'd been in 
previously to him who, that, that had been my longest relationship, it was constantly, I was just not interested, pushing him away. He would be in, he would be talking about the future and I'd always kind of be like going along with it, but never believing. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I met Alan, he was unlike anybody I've ever met. He, I'm very chatty um which is good for my job but um really chatty i will tell you exactly what i'm thinking when i'm thinking it um quite a a sociable person mm-hmm. um alan is so chilled out he it could be horizontal mm-hmm. um he's not great with talking about his feelings but he is a very calming influence so it, mm-hmm. it was kind of like a yin and yang situation mm-hmm. with us and there were times when I thought, oh, I just don't, I, I don't know because he's, um, he, so he's got um, a little boy mm-hmm. who's 10 and I'd always said, I don't want kids mm-hmm. um, and, and dating somebody with a child was always a no-go for me. Mm-hmm. But when I met him, it was almost as if like all the rules that I'd ever put up in my head mm-hmm. just flew away and they didn't mm-hmm. matter anymore. So, I mean, we met in February. By October, we'd moved in together. And by April, the year after, we were engaged. Um, so it was a very, but it just felt so, it was, it was kind of just like, well, why not? Yeah. I, why, why are we dicking around with mm-hmm. just, and it wasn't so much like it felt like there was a rush. It was just, mm-hmm. it just felt like it natural. was natural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is something I hadn't actually experienced before, which was, mm-hmm. A bit scary because I thought, is it this? Is should it be this easy? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought life is and love is meant to be a struggle, yes, and, and a fight. You know, they always say like you've got to fight for love, mm-hmm. um, but you know, as you said, every relationship has its tests, and um, you know, the, and and it goes through different stages and periods. But in general, it's been scarily easy. Mm, yeah that's a beautiful love story and I love what you said about you've got to essentially throw the rule book out of what you think Mm. be open-minded because I and I shared that at the self-love summit last year this idea that I think that you know we try and force these love stories and actually if we just surrendered and let go of this of what we think it should be like or what they should be like or how it should be and then allow the sort of you know universe or whatever you want to call that energy to kind of like co-create with it, co-collaborate. And, and you know, the whole story of how I met Joe. I mean, it makes me cry even thinking about it because it was, I could not have written something more. Like for me, I was an actress and Joe is also very theatrical in his own way. He was a musician and we love a good story. Like it's mm. storytelling I and mean, it's going to be a huge part of our wedding. It's, it's really, um, and that's why like having a story for us was really important. And for someone else, it might be something different. Everyone has their thing that's important to them. Mm. And me getting out of the way, and that was such a big thing, getting out of my own way, allowed this whole thing to be written in like the most bonkers way, most like creative. Oh, it just makes me so happy and excited. And Mm. I'm even having to apply that now to the wedding stuff, because of course it's easy to go into perfectionism, obsession, like getting really stressed and it's supposed to be this joyful thing and our wedding's going to be very collaborative and creative with all our friends who are very creative and you know um try and not spend an absolute fucking fortune yeah um and 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 the thing is weddings already and it's like two and a half weeks in 
it really, and I'm sure you know yourself, it brings up stuff. And this is something now I've got, I'm going to be talking a lot about in my work. It really brings up a lot of emotional stuff. It brings up family stuff. Oh my God, you name it. Weddings bring it up. Um, but that isn't that love. Love yeah. brings up everything unlike itself. So I'm kind of choosing to, I've kind of gone off on a wedding tangent, which my entire life feels like at the moment. But, like, <laughs> but it's, it is really great for my work. I'm also training as um, a wedding celebrant. Yeah, I saw so that. It's so That's weird. So it's like for exciting. me to be like suddenly like weddings, weddings. It, that was just so not me. And also I'm fucking like, like event planning is like my idea of hell, but I'm mm. very fortunate. I've got amazing women around me who love it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, oh God, it's, I don't even know what I'm talking about now, but basically what were we talking about? Wedding no, brain has taken me off on a tangent. It it will do this, and you you will find that it will completely take over. I mean, to be well, I say that to be honest. We originally thought we'll get Matt, we'll get be engaged for five years. That was our really plan. yeah. We thought we'll be engaged for five years because then we can save up for the money and um like and that'll be fine. But actually, so we got engaged at a place called Orta San Giulio in Italy. And it was my favorite place in the world. It's kind of near Lake Garda, but it's like one of the smaller wow. lakes. Wow. And he'd proposed to me there on my birthday. And as I said, he's a very, like, he's very chilled. He doesn't really, he keeps his, his cards close to his chest. But when he does things, they are so much more they're just so they mean so much more so he'd taken like we'd gone for my birthday favorite place in the world he was sat there with he brought out a big bag of haribo and um some champagne just before we went out well he loves sweets and i've i'd always (laughs) said i don't give a shit about a ring like give me a haribo ring i don't care so i but i didn't twig yeah. So um, we were sat there and we were overlooking um, the lake as the sun set and one of my favorite songs came on and he said, oh, do you, um, he said, do you know how much I love you? And I was like, I think so. Like, <laughs> And um, he said, um, you know, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And I said, well, yeah, me too. And he stood me up and he got down on one knee with this bag of Haribo and in the Haribo was my ring. And that's how he proposed. And that was just that moment. And from that moment onwards, I knew we were going to get married there. And that was one of the main importances for our wedding. And there was only a few. There was where we got married, the fact that his son was there, and um, that we had, you know, our our, our mums and dads there. Um, and the, well, the final fact was very, for me, it was when my, it was the, my nan's birthday that had passed. Um, so those were like the, the very key things and everything else we just let flow. Mm-hmm. So we said, this is where we're getting married. If you want to come, that's great. It's not going to be a big deal. We're just going to mm-hmm. get married, have some dinner somewhere, nothing big, no reception. Uh, we'll have a party the week after. And I think I said to you on Instagram, like, I think we did it for under seven grand for everything. Wow. Um, and, and that was important for us because we did it obviously we didn't wait five years we just did it in a year Mm. or so um we didn't stress I never got annoyed about I didn't have to worry about table decorations because I don't Mm. care about where people sit Mm -hmm. um our families are very big um Mm -hmm. and unfortunately his sister couldn't make it and my brother couldn't make it but we weren't angry about the fact you know Mm -hmm. we accepted that 
when we decided that we were going to get married in a certain place that some people might not be able to come mm-hmm. um and and we were very kind of open about what will be will be and i think that's the key thing that i learned from getting yeah. married is you you do just have to think about what is the most important thing to you mm-hmm. um because that's what you're going to remember yeah Oh, that's right. You've just coached me there. This is excellent. It's amazing. <laughs> you, uh, so just say again where you got married. Lake. It's called Lake Orta. No way. You won't believe this. What? I just got shivers. My friend's getting married. I'm going in a couple of weeks. Oh my gosh. No way. They got married there years ago and a decade ago and now they're, they're renewing their vows there. So it's like after like it. So we're going there. I think I'm singing as well. Um, but I, yeah, when you said it, I was like, why do I know that name? Why do I know that name? And that's, that's why. Mental. Look at that for synchronicity. Wow. Are they getting, um, are they doing it at the town, like the, their town hall thing? Um, I don't know. I think possibly, possibly. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, they might it, be. It basically, it's like a, a, a big, biggish building with like a really beautiful garden and the garden ends up at the, at the lake. Yeah. Um, oh, it might. Be. Yes. So I, I had to get that. a boat. Yes. Yes. It is that. It is that. Because I've seen, it's where they got married. And yeah, I remember their pictures. Yeah. And she oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, wow. my gosh. That's amazing. It is just my favorite place in the world. How romantic. It's so nice. Oh, I can't wait to hear all about it. Yeah. You will see the pickies. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so I just wanted to run a few little um, uh, scenarios by you. Mm-hmm. Um and I want to know your kind of quick, quick answers to them. Okay. So like life, life like modern round. dating. Yeah, like a lightning round. Um, okay. Ready? Yep. Okay. Do you tell a friend if you know their boyfriend's cheating on them? Yes. Do you believe that once a cheater, always a cheater? No. I knew you'd say that, and I'm quite mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you think that you can stay friends with an ex? Yes. Do you think you can date a friend's ex? Well, I have. So, yes! <laughs> Depending on the context. Do you think that you should let your partner see you on the toilet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And this is one that I think is quite, it's, it's been discussed a bit in the media, but how often should you have sex? Oh God. That's a hard one. I, I actually can't give a specific number there because I think it really depends on the, the individual couple. Mm. And I think, you know, because f- for one couple, it can be like once a week, we're doing well when you're in a long-term relationship. Another couple is like, oh, it needs to be five for it. It just totally depends. So mm. I'm afraid um, I'm going to The jury's say, out. The jury's out. The jury's I'm out. Glad. I'm the glad you said out. that. One other thing I just wanted to touch on. Do you think that dating is different in the UK or possibly Europe to places like America in yeah. terms of the culture? Well, I'm told this very much so. I used to live in Canada um, for my second year of uni, which was kind of like american but not. Um, Everyone's and- nicer. Yeah, everyone's just lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Canadians are the best. I hear that in America, they kind of date in a, that, you know, they do a lot of like the coffee dates, the lunch dates. It's like a game of numbers from mm. what I've been told. Um, more so than here, where I think we're becoming a little bit more that way. I think here, I think in Britain, it's so much like 
focused around booze, which is not good. Like mm. that, particularly in early dates, I think I learned the hard way that it's, it's not that booze is the enemy. Um, it's that if you get, if you go on a sober date with like someone early on, um, you get to see if you actually really click. And then if you have a drink later, you know that it's not, cause I had so many times where I would just go out on a date and get absolutely sozzled and then be like, Oh, we had the best time. And it's like, well, I, it could have been anyone really. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? was just drunk. That was, yeah. I was just I drunk. Was I had fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right. Well, I could literally talk to you all day and hopefully we will um, have you on another time to talk about maybe a bit more about the dating world and um, get into all that nitty gritty because as I expected, we got very wedding chatty, um, which is lovely. Which I, yeah, I learned a lot. I was really, thank you for the free therapy. <laughs> wedding <laughs> therapy. I think that should be a thing. Maybe I'll add that when I've got through this wedding. <laughs> add that to your list. Add Absolutely. that to the list. There are many, many brides that, that would uh, probably sign up in droves for that one. Yeah. One thing actually before we finish, and uh, I didn't really mean for this podcast to end up with me talking about weddings as much as I have. So I apologize. Um, no, I love it. But um, one thing that I, I found um, when get, getting married, which I think maybe um, brides-to-be, um, people that are thinking about that, um, is about the way you look yes. for your wedding day. And what the only thing that I would say is that if you focus so much on the way that you look or losing weight for your dress or, um, you know, uh, di- you know, getting to a certain size or shape Mm -hmm. there is a risk that a your whole wedding preparation is going to be consumed by those thoughts and feelings b you're going to get stressed out if you don't get the end result Mm -hmm. um and c you might look back and i know a few people that have done this they've lost weight for their wedding and then they can't look at their photos anymore because they don't look the same and that makes me really sad because I think so many women focus on the dress, how they look. And actually, the whole day isn't about that. It's about you and your husband and your life together. Mm. That's one thing I would say. You know, it's interesting. I just, this morning, I got, I think for me, um, I would, I've been getting anxious about certain things and then, and what I, I've done this always in my life and I, and then I'll fixate on something. So I'm like, got to find the dress, got to find the dress. And I was speaking to a friend, a dear friend about this yesterday. And it, she was like, are you like displacing essentially your anxieties or issues in one area? I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. And I said, surrender, let go of the dress. And this morning I was just, I then suddenly saw this dress on like, on, on the site that I'd looked at loads that I hadn't seen it. And I was like, oh my God, that or something similar. I just like let it go. And, and you're so right. It, it's so easy to get consumed and obsessed with it. And it, it is not the most, it really doesn't matter. And I listen more than anyone. I like know that I've got to really watch myself with that area and with um, just with the perfectionism of everything, because mm. me and Joe both have very grand plans for what we want. And, and, you know, it's it's pretty major but you've just got to kind of approach it with a sense of fun and freedom and just like it, it will be what it will be and it'll be great that's mm. it keep it very like calm and like you know chilled out and fun that's that's really my main goal with it all and that circles exactly back to what we were saying about finding the person exactly you know? that and that, that's what I've realized that I'm kind of now talking so much about the wedding I'm like oh guess where I did this process before it's all the same whenever you really want something and you really care about it 
you, you, you have a choice of like, am I going to stress and obsess and control over this? Or I'm just going to keep every day and you have to day to day, moment to moment connect to, I want to approach this with a sense of fun. Like I want to bring joy to this experience. This is a, really what I'm going to be talking about at um, Mel Wells Self, Self Love Summit this year in um, June, actually. Mm-hmm. So um, this has been very helpful for me to realize that. <laughs> Because it's, it's, it's a good topic to remember, bringing the joy and the fun to whatever it is that we desire, but specifically our romantic lives. Amazing. So where can people find you? They can find me. I mean, if you Google Persia Lawson, you will find my website, which is persialawson.com. Um, I'm Persia Lawson on pretty much all social media. I'm most active on Instagram. I do IGTV lives and all sorts of things like that. Wonderful. And um, we'll post links on our show notes with all of those. And um, you've also got a few spaces left with some one-on-one coaching. Yes, I do. So basically, um, I have made the decision that next year I'm going to be majorly scaling back with my one-to-ones as we get nearer to the wedding. And also I've got some other big projects on the go as well. So we're now in um, May and I um, have opened up some spots to work with me one-to-one for the rest of 2019. on your love life and it will be the prices yeah basically will be doubling come january so i'll have less clients um and yeah so now we've got a few spaces so if you're interested in finding out more then we can send you over um the info if you just email info at persialawson.com we'll send that all across to you fab and um again i'll put that um i'll put that in the show notes as well um make sure that you go and follow persia um on instagram and everywhere else um because yeah i think that what you say about love and relationships is just a breath of fresh air so thank you thank you so much i've absolutely adored this thank you bye-bye bye